Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my passion in life to teach you how to be more productive in our distracted world. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to take the seven-day productivity challenge. Just give me two minutes a day over a week, and I will teach you strategies on how to be more productive. You can sign up for the seven-day productivity challenge by going to my website, mrproductivity.com. Mr. is all spelled out, Mr productivity.com. Today in the podcast, Carrie Brooks. She is a professional ICF accredited life coach with years of coaching experience. She is also an inspirational speaker, author, and regular columnist. Today, we're going to talk a lot about positive psychology and how and why it's the key to your productivity. Carrie Brooks, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Pleasure to be here. Now, where in the world are you now talking to me from? I'm talking to you from London, England. Wow. You know, I get so many guests from over in England and London area. It's amazing. You must have a whole bunch of very intelligent people live over there because they've been on my show for years. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> They're intelligent people. That's lovely. <laughs> now, we are going to be talking about results because who doesn't want to get results? But before we get to that, share with mm -hmm. us in about 60 seconds about who you are and what you do. Right. Basically, I'm a coach. I've been coaching for ooh, about eight or nine years now. Um, what I think that sort of differentiates me as a coach is also my life experience because I've done many different jobs, um, often uh, ones that I really had to sort of perform. Um, including being a session musician where I used to have to go up and stage and, uh, and play in front of, uh, you know, thousands of people, which does require a certain performance mindset. Um, I'm also a creative. I'm a photographer, um, video and filmmaker as well. Um, single mom, which basically means that you have to have the most amazing sort of, um, skills in uh, time management <laughs> the single mom because I also did my degree at the same time when my son was uh, yeah, six to ten and um, and also I've been um, a general manager of three yoga studios so wow. you know with about a hundred staff so I've done that as well and so I think what I do is I bring a lot of my life experience to the coaching Excellent. And, um, you know, I'm an author as well. I have a book, uh, Minx Up Your Life, uh, which I wrote, which came out last year. And also I write articles for publications here in England. And, uh, and also uh, I appear regularly on Radio London as well, giving, you know, sort of coachy sort of, uh, you know, opinions and uh, views of the world. Excellent. Well, you know, I'm a coach too, and mm -hmm. my my parents are in their 70s, and they don't understand the concept of a coach. They think like a soccer coach, football coach, yes. basketball coach. Yeah. And I had to try to explain to them, no, that, not that kind of coach. I, I help people. <laughs> and so yeah. it's very interesting. So let's get right into the meat of the episode, because I love when a guest comes on my show and gives 
ideas, solutions, wisdom, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, that people can grasp a hold of. And that's why I'm a big fan, Carrie, of simplicity. So let's yeah. talk about, first of all, when you say that you are a results coach, explain to us mm-hmm. what that means and how you go about getting your clients the results that they are looking for. Yeah, the reason I call myself the results coach is because I do get results. Um, I very much work with positive psychology because I believe that if you don't have a positive mindset, you are limiting yourself and your full potential. And if you consider that 80% of people in the Western world actually have a negative mindset, and what I mean by that is people focusing on what they believe they're not getting, what they believe is not working in their lives. And when you're very much focused on that, basically that is what I call is like seeing the world through negative lenses. That is what you're always going to see. And when you begin to actually start to uh, fulfill your full potential and want to really stretch and achieve these results that you want in your life, they have to come from a positive mindset. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because about two months ago, uh, I read a book and they suggested that you do a news fast. And within a few days of stop consuming the news, I felt remarkably better because obviously the news, whether it's on the television or the tellies you say over in England or in the newspaper or magazine or social media, it just makes you feel rotten and angry and frustrated. So I gave up the news. And I feel fantastic. And it's amazing because people go, you don't know what's going on in Washington, D.C.? I'm like, I don't care. I mean, I, I, I've i yeah. got things I have to do today <laughs> that the whatever they do in Washington doesn't affect what I have to do in the next hour. And people are yeah. obsessed with finding out what's going on everywhere in the world, and they're not getting anything done. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually don't watch uh, the news. I might scan, um, a, you know, a newspaper which which comes uh, online uh you know, I might just scan the head headlines, but I'm very, very mindful of what I take in because there is so much sort of negativity in the world. And also, if you think about it, in a world in 24 hours of everything that will that possibly could go on in the world, the actual ratio between positive stuff and negative stuff is so basically um, biased towards the negative. You know, don't tell me that in the world there is there aren't good things going on, <laughs> but it's the media cells. I mean, I actually did uh, media studies, uh, you know, at university. And the key thing to understand is that negative news, bad news sells and positive news doesn't sell. So that's the, the that's the general idea and consensus. So you're always going to be fed the negative. And I totally agree with you, Mark. I just think it's the beginning of taking charge of your life by being aware of what you're allowing to input into your life. I love how you said the word allowing because it truly is a choice for you to go on Twitter and look at all the news or Facebook or whatever case may be. No Mm -hmm. one's putting a gun to your head. You don't have to check the news. And I've been doing it over two months and I can tell you how much freedom I have. But what's even more amazing is when people go, well, how do you know what's going on? I'm like, look, if a satellite's going to fall in my house, then let me know. Okay. But if the people in Washington, D.C. are squabbling, I don't mm. care. And I, mm. I think I 
as a productivity guy, I think if you operate in positive mindset, you're going to get way more things done than if you operate in a negative mindset. And I love Tony Robbins because he says it all de- it all determines your state. So if you say, I can't, I won't, I'll never be able to. Yeah, you won't because you're already programming yourself with all this negativity. But if you say, yes, I can. Yes, I will. Mm-hmm. Now your brain's going, hey, yeah, we're going to do this. And it really makes a big difference. It's not just words or feeling good. It is backed by science. Yeah, it's absolutely crucial to develop a positive mindset. And because, you know, we know that that we have neuroplasticity. And what that means is the uh, the brain has the ability to learn new things. And it's basically about neurons and a pathway sort of firing up. So we can train ourselves to think positive. And it is possible to do because this is what the anchor of what I do when I work with my clients, we work very much on shifting from a negative mindset to a positive mindset. And once you have a positive mindset, that's when you notice the opportunities. That's when you're actually, you know, firing on all cylinders. I also coach athletes and it's so important for an athlete to actually have a negative mindset. You can't have Roger Federer stepping out onto the (laughs) tennis court at Wimbledon believing he can't win. He absolutely has to believe 100% he can win. And what athletes do is they train themselves into positive belief and positive thinking. And we can do exactly the same. Now, let's get real practical. Besides not watching the news or consuming it on social Mm -hmm. media, what are some other simple, practical steps that people can take today as a result of listening to this episode where they can begin, if they don't have a positive mindset already, like I already do, but what if they don't, Mm -hmm. how can they take practical, simple steps to start that journey toward being more positive? Well, one thing that I always get my clients to do, and I know is very positive, and it's actually proven um, with the research done in positive psychology, is that if you get a little booklet and you keep it by your bedside table, and at night, before you go to sleep, you write five things that you've appreciated during the day. Now, they it can be a fantastic cup of coffee. It doesn't have to be earth shattering. But the reason that this works is that One, it has you actually thinking about your day and literally picking out the positives in your day, things that you've appreciated. You then write it down, which writing always embeds something deeper. And then what happens is, is that you take this into your subconscious while you sleep. So your brain is actually, your mind is actually working on these positive things that you've taken into your sleep. And what happens is is that when you start to regularly do what is called a gratitude journal, when you regularly do this little thing at night, five things, you know, in your book before bedtime, I will promise you that within two or three weeks, you will start noticing the positive things during your day because you are actually rewiring your brain while you sleep. That's amazing. And it doesn't take that long, but all you need to do, first of all, get a notebook and folks, it's a form of procrastination to go to the store and buy the perfect notebook. Just find something laying around the house because I don't want people to go to the store and say, oh, it's a great idea. Carrie gave me, let me go find that perfect notebook. And that's (laughs) procrastination. We want you to get started today. Now this Mm -hmm. is, this episode is coming out on Thanksgiving here in the United States. And so what better day to start 
your gratitude journal at night. What, what are five fantastic. things that you're appreciative that happened today? Even if Uncle Fred got annoying at Thanksgiving dinner, okay? What else happened? I'm sure in the past 24 hours, something good happened. Five things good happened. Write them down. So, listener, that's your marching order for today. We're only 11 minutes in, <laughs> and that is gold. So thank you for that. Yeah. No, that's fine. And honestly, it really, really works. I've seen that with all my clients when they do it regularly. And also, if you have children, children absolutely love it. You know, at bedtime, when you're saying goodnight to them, you can just say, you can start the, right, let's say, you know, maybe two or three things that you've really loved today. What have you liked today? And what I find with my clients when I've recommended that they do this is that children actually start asking, mommy, can we do the, you know, what's gone great today what mm. i've loved today thing so it's brilliant to do with children as well and what happens is is that you actually start looking forward to it and it really does work i once heard from tony robbins that you know we're talking about positive psychology yeah that whenever something happens you obviously can't control what's happening to you but you can control how you respond to it and and like we all been there when it's pouring rain out and you get a flat tire or if you get pulled over and you get a speeding ticket whatever the case may be one of the things he talks about is number one words so instead of using vulgar language or screaming he likes to say that really pees me off peeves is a very funny word Mm. It, you know, it, it adds levity to the situation. The other mm-hmm. thing I really like he talks about is really doing a big belly laugh. Now, you can't do this in front of the, you know, the traffic court <laughs> judge or the police <laughs> no. officer. But, no. you know, if, if everything's going wrong in your life, just mm-hmm. give a big belly laugh. It's going to change your state because you're not dead. So, yeah, you're going to have life is going to ebb and flow. You can have good days and bad days, but it's how you respond to these situations that really matters. Yeah, absolutely. Because what I always say to my clients is you have no control in the outside world. Things will go. People will, you know, be have be moody or and things, you know, might miss the train. All this sort of stuff goes on. That is that you can't control. But where you do have the control is your reaction to it. And also, this is very, very powerful. Once you start to realize, okay, all this stuff is going on, but I have the power now to decide how I'm going to take this. Because it's all the case about living a proactive life or a reactive life. Now, when we live a reactive life, that means that things are literally you know, pulling us all over the place. We're putting out fires here. You know, things are happening. We're reacting to these things. We're living a reactive life. And the more that we can live a proactive life, which is when we step back, we take a moment to step back and we think about how best do I want to do this or deal with this situation. And when we become proactive, we're literally stepping into our own personal power. And then we start to really have a strong effect on how we feel about things. So we've talked about stop watching the news. We talked about Mm. writing down five things you appreciate about your day every night. What's a third thing that people can do in order to develop positive mindset? Right. I'm a great believer in meditation. And um, I know many people think, oh, it's woo-woo. It's, um, you know, it's to do, you know, oh, it's not to do with my faith. Or it's absolutely nothing to do that. It's about mind mastery. 
you know, uh, meditation is about mind mastery because what happens is, is that we are so thought led all the time and our minds are absolutely amazing <laughs> machines when set to a task. But what happens is, is that when they're idling, they tend to go to the mind tends to go to its default. Now, for most of us, that default will be negative. We'll be worrying about something. We'll be thinking about this not working out. So where I recommend, you know, different um, apps that you can get. You can many give you a free opportunity to listen to them. But what happens is, is that when you start to meditate, you start to actually gain control of your mind. And it is a tool and it's such an effective tool. So I really encourage my clients to meditate as well. Um, once you start doing it, you begin to realize that you have more control over your state. Mm. You have an enormous control over your state when you actually have control of your mind. When I first tried meditation, it didn't really resonate with me. And so mm -hmm. I gave up on it. But one of the things I have, my wife and I have Apple Watches, and the Apple Watch has this thing called the Breathe app. And I made fun of it when we first got yeah. our Apple Watch. I'm like, mm -hmm. I know how to breathe. What What is this? But it's more of like a one-minute meditation. And so mm -hmm. now I actually do the Breathe app throughout my day. And it must be some kind of AI working because whenever I start getting overwhelmed or, or frustrated, it says, hey, you should breathe for a minute. And I used to like dismiss it, but I'm like, no. Let me breathe now because mm -hmm. I'm not, maybe it knows my heart rate or so. I don't know, but it yeah. works. And the thing is, the reason why the one minute breathe works for me is it takes one minute. Who doesn't have one minute? Maybe you don't have 20 minutes, but you got mm -hmm. one minute. You've got two yeah. minutes. And so I would say when you're doing your meditation, the key thing is don't think about anything else. Don't be surfing Facebook or just you can be quiet for one to two minutes. It's okay. It's mm -hmm. not going to kill you, but we're so busy and we don't, well, I'm being lazy if I'm just sitting here not doing anything. Actually, no, you're giving your brain a rest. And we mm -hmm. don't appreciate how much our brain needs that rest. Yeah. But also all the latest research show we're much more productive when we actually sort of what I say is unplug ourselves from the mainframe because basically we live lives that there's so much input, you know, with our phones and, and everything. We're totally sort of bombarded all the time. And it's really important to take time out. And like I said, all the latest research shows that when we take time out we're, we're, and come back, we're far more productive far more effective because we can't be on all the time. We can't be switched on all the time. What happens is, is that you start working, whatever you're doing, you're working less and less effectively um, beyond a certain amount of time. So the latest research show that we should work at 90 minute bursts and then take a break, but a proper break. And the break isn't about going online or watching your phones. And that's why I have my clients when they have really highly, highly stressful jobs that they just take themselves away for 10 minutes. They put in their headphones and they listen to a meditation app, which just calms them down. I see it a bit like, you know, a blackboard, which has got chalk writing all over it. And what happens is, is that just by taking 10 minutes out to meditate, it's like taking, um, a rubber and rubbing all the um, sort of chalkboard clean. So when you go back out into the same situation, you're in a really good state to deal with it. 
It's interesting you say that research uh, suggests that 90-minute bursts is most effective. Mm -hmm. That really depends on the person. For me, Mm -hmm. I like working ideally in 30-minute bursts, so I like to change the scenery every 30 minutes. So I may work on social media for 30 minutes, and I may go read a book for 30 minutes. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, podcasts, interviews, coaching clients, speaking engagements, those are outliers. But for me, I like to change the pace. And I always tell people, you got to figure out what works for you. If it may be 90 minutes, maybe 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. There's no magic rule. It's just science is saying this is what they have found. But like a lot yeah. of people say, in order for you to be productive, you got to be a morning person. I'm like, that's hogwash. If you are right. an afternoon person, then <laughs> be an afternoon person. But yeah. I mean, Apple CEO Tim Cook gets up at 3.50 in the morning. At 3.50 mm-hmm. in the morning, I'm sawing Z's. I'm not getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning for nobody unless my house is on fire. But that's me. And I always tell people, you have to figure out what works for you. Don't go mm-hmm. do something because I said it or you said it, Carrie. they got to find out what works for them. But exactly. what I don't want people to do is just say, well, whatever. No, don't whatever. Figure out the system that works for you. Yeah, that's really, really important. It's all about finding out about yourself and actually what makes you tick. You know, I do a lot of uh, core value work as well with my clients. It's about, and that's all about discovering what deeply makes you tick. Because when we um, are in alignment with our core values, that's when we're really sort of firing on all cylinders. Yes. Well, you mentioned Roger Federer earlier and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sort of a tennis fan, not a really big tennis fan, but I, he's like a gentleman of tennis. I mean, now the younger players, they're just like grunting and screaming and stuff. He's a, he's a gentleman. (laughs) And I always liked him because he always seems very gentlemanly, very professional. Mm -hmm. And, but when you're a tennis player, unlike other team sports, there's no one to cover up your mistakes. So if you yeah. play horribly, you have no one to blame. If you play mm-hmm. good, you get all the credit. And and so I, I have a lot of respect for people who play tennis because it is a very, you don't, it's not like uh, American football or rugby, but it mm-hmm. is a very demanding sport. And I don't think people realize unless you sit there and watch an entire match, which could last several hours, that these mm-hmm. people are playing the sport by themselves for a couple hours. And that's a lot mm-hmm. of work to go, not just physical work. But mentally as well, can you imagine Roger being at the uh, top of his game for two, three, four hours at a time, like when he plays Rafael Nadal? That's insane. It is. It is. But also what's really interesting about a game of tennis is you can see how, how much the mind um, is important and, and their state. Because um, basically, you know, we've had the basically the same top four tennis players yes. in the world, haven't we? And you know, occasionally somebody in the top 50 or even the top 100 beats them. And when you actually see the playing, there's not sort of a, that much technical difference between, let's say, this these top four and the 10th or 15th player in the world. But the what these like Rafa Nadal, Roger Federer and Djokovic, what they all have is incredible mental strength. So, you know, they might go down, they might be several sets down, but you can watch, when you watch the tennis match, you can actually see them begin to turn. And it is this mental strength that we also need in our lives. But we can train ourselves to become stronger um, mentally. And I just think positive psychology with meditation is are the things that can really um, are tools basically that can really begin to change your life. 
I couldn't have said it better myself. You've given <laughs> us a lot to think about. Listener, you have your homework. You have your marching orders. Uh, just a recap. <laughs> just go get a pad of paper. Start writing down tonight five things you appreciate from your day. And I promise you, you are going to feel much better about yourself. You're going to look at the world differently. So do that exercise and see if your life doesn't change. Carrie, where can we find more about you online? Uh, basically, um, I'm carriebrooks.co.uk. That's my website. Uh, my book is called Minx Up Your Life, which is actually for single women over 45, because I just noticed that there was a theme amongst um, older women, especially if they were single, that they just believed that their life was over and that they'd missed the boat career-wise and relationship-wise. And basically, I wrote a book just to flip this on his head and actually let women know that this is a really inspirational and incredible time of life. I'm 54 right now. And mm -hmm. when I was 20, I thought 40-year-olds were old. Now I'm like, <laughs> 50, I'm 54. Boy, you 100-year-olds, man, you're looking so young. It's just imagine yeah. how your perspective changes as you get older. Exactly, exactly. And it is about all about the effect. I love to see people, you know, uh, Sidney Poitier writing his first book at 85. I love to see people, you know, sort of still achieving um, into their 80s and 90s. It's just fantastic. And it's really inspiring for us. Absolutely. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being My on the show today. Pleasure. It was a pleasure <laughs> having you on the show. You are a rock star. And I wish you much thank success you. in 2019 and beyond. Thank you, Mark. You take care. All the best. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, where you can sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. You just give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you strategies on how to be more productive. You can also find out information about my productivity coaching, my courses, and so much more, including where I am on social media, because I would love to hear from you. So if you haven't done so already, or if you have done so already, send me a message. Let me know. What did you think about this episode? What do you think about the podcast? What do you think about... Uh, topics for future episodes, whatever you want to send me, I would always love to hear from my audience. You can either send me a message through mrproductivity.com or you can find out where I am on social media. I would love to hear from you. Now, until we meet again, my friend, you know what to do. You know what you do? Yeah, go be productive.